Welcome to the Ronin Rabbit, a Usagi Ojimbo fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore, and there are going to be spoilers in this 152nd episode of the show. If you want to leave me feedback, you can tweet me at Teal, T-E-A-L Productions, Usagi Ojimbo fan page, and Usagi Ojimbo dojo pages on Facebook are where I post episodes there. BigTimeNoise.com slash Ronin Rabbit is the website, and Usagi Podcast at gmail.com is the email address. I have in my hands Usagi Ojimbo, Volume 4, Issue Number 14, the A cover, from IDW, cover dated October 2020. The story contained therein is The Return Part 4, the final part of The Return Story. Now, you can find this reprinted in the recently released Usagi Ojimbo Homecoming trade paperback from IDW. Now, those that like to continue such things have it labeled as trade number 35. Uh, There is no number 35 on this one because it's a different publisher from the previous, which were numbered. But it is the 35th in the series of these small trade paperbacks in that this one contains issues 8 through 14. So what is that? 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. And yes, I just counted on my fingers to be sure. Seven issues. Seven issues in this trade. And um, obviously this is the second. The first of this color series has been released. And I believe as I record this within the past month-ish, the third uh, trade paperback of those colored IDW issues has been released. Um, it was, let's see, Bunraku was the first, Homecoming was the second, and let's see, Tengu War is the name of the third. But either way, that's that's not here nor there for this one. So, our Dramatis Personae include, but may not be limited to, Miyamoto Usagi, of course, our protagonist. Kenichi, uh, his um, brother from another mother. Mariko Katsuichi Jotaro, and then on the antagonist side, mainly Kato and like a million foot soldiers. So we open this story pretty much where the previous issue ended. Uh, Some of Kato's men under his order are going to burn down a storehouse uh, with all of the villagers inside it. Uh, They are attempting to hide there. Uh, we do see that Kato still has um, Usagi's swords in his waistband. Usagi and, of course, Kenichi, both because as far as they know, I believe they still believe that Mariko is in there. But we saw last issue that she's not. I don't I don't think they're aware. Maybe they are aware of that. Either way, I, I don't recall specifically, honestly. But all of the villagers for the village are in there. So Usagi and Kenichi get the attention um, momentarily. They beseech them. They argue. They're talking back and forth. And just as one of the soldiers is about to put the torch to the building, he is struck and killed by an arrow. Usagi exclaiming, where did that come from? And Kenichi pointing and, and looking up there. And as our frame of view switches, we see a young rabbit, purple, clothed with a bow and arrows stuck down in the ground, which I always thought was cool, so that you can pull one up and knock it and fire it. Five six, so he's got a little bit of ammo up here, and it's Jotaro. Uh, and then off from the side, someone says, his archery is much better than yours ever was, Usagi. And further turning down the lane um, through the main part of town at the far end, we see 
Katsuchi, and Mariko. So at the end of our story last issue, uh, Mariko kind of had collapsed. And I believe, if I recall, we saw feet. And so she did reach her goal, which was to get in touch with uh, Katsuchi. So now we have uh, Usagi, Kenichi, Mariko, Katsuchi, and Jotaro all on one side. And Kato and a million uh, foot soldiers on the other side. So a battle ensues, and in on page four of our book, we have a really cool visual sequence as one of the men charge Usagi, sword raised above and back behind him as he's going to deliver a significant overhand chop. As he does, Usagi catches the sword between his hands with that clap sound that we have seen. Um, Kung Fu, I think, practitioners typically do. Catching the sword, uh, Usagi then twists the sword so it twists out of the soldier's hand, flips the sword up in the air and around so that he can then catch it by the hilt. And he then dispatches uh, probably the dude that was running up behind this first charging guy because the dude that Usagi dispatches has a sword also. So the initial dude wasn't carrying two. So he must have like run on past in his charge or been knocked over by Usagi or something. And then Usagi took out the next guy in the procession with the newly acquired sword. So he and Kenichi stand back to back. We have fight, fight, fight. Uh, We see arrows coming. We see Katsuichi enter the fray here. Eventually, though, um, Katsuichi, Kenichi, and Usagi are surrounded, the three of them, essentially back-to-back with a little bit of space, but the the panel uh, has them surrounded by 20, 30 uh, foot soldiers led by Kato. Uh, Mifune foot soldiers, but that's a... uh, That whole... Part of the story I have gotten into in previous issues, this is Mifune loyalists and Mifune wannabes. They, they want to be part of something, so they've joined up, and there's a big um, yuck uh, about them wearing the mon of Mifune, and it's been uh, talked about in previous issues and previous episodes. Mariko decides to run, and she is going to open the storehouse to try to get more people to fight because she sees that it's just her three boys and her little boy. Um, And, you know, they could use some help. As she's running, just as she gets to the storehouse, one of Kato's men is about to get her, but Jotaro, with his uh, penultimate, shall I say, arrow, um, protects her. She opens the door and lets out all of the villagers and local farmers and whatnot that were in there. Two, four, six, eight, we see with, you know, sickles and staves and plowshares and, you know, whatever else farmers and villagers can use as weapons that are not swords and bows and, you know, set weapons. Uh, more Usaki here. Fight, fight, fight. We see Jotaro runs out of arrows, jumps down, grabs a dropped sword, and uh, gets in himself. And we have four panels. We have uh, on the page three smaller middle panels and then a larger bottom. The top, um, I'm not going to address, but the three at the in the middle. Usagi, Jotaro, Kenichi, gasp, Monaco. Jotaro, be careful. Stay out of harm's way. And the bottom panel, Jotaro says, Oh, mother, you're embarrassing me in front of everybody. A little bit of humor, I thought there, interjected. 
Uh, now we have several panels of Kenichi, fight, 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 uh, succumb, knocked over, about to be dispatched, but Jitaro saves him with a vicious sword swipe from behind. Uh, killing, we'll say. We don't know. There's no death head there. Uh, killing the Kato foot soldier. And then we have a moment between Jitaro and Kenichi. Are you all right, Father? Yes, thank you, son. But no sooner do they start that more Kato soldiers, they're everywhere, literally. Kind of like Santa Claus, you know? He's everywhere. He's everywhere. Yeah. Um, but now we see that the villagers and the local farmers have gotten into the fight as they start to pick up uh, branches and drop swords and whatnot. Usagi now um, is in a, in a mindset where he is going to face down Kato to get his swords back. Usagi's sword's back. And so he is fighting, but he's yelling and screaming for Kato, and he's fighting his way through the soldiers to get to Kato and momentarily uh, distracts himself with killing the soldiers so he can get to Kato. It's it's three panels on this page that is, is very much that way. It's Usagi wants to get to Kato, and nothing is going to stop him. So finally he does. They face down each other here. They're um, in some little section of the fight, which they... Essentially, for uh, many panels, I guess because it's winding down here, looking a little ahead, but they have many panels by themselves. They're not interrupted by any of Kato's foot soldiers. You have offended Lord Mafuni's good name with your dishonorable plot, Usaki says. What I did, I did because of loyalty to Lord Mafuni, um, Kato says, as they are circling each other. So the first panel is Usagi left, Kato right. The second panel, as Kato speaks, is Kato right. Usagi left, so they're, they're circling around each other. And then they stop, and they yell, swords raised, or actually Kato yells, swords raised, and they rush each other. Uh, very, this all of this is very, these two pages, very cinematic. The two samurai, the two adversaries pacing off, facing each other, circling, right? Taking taking measure of each other. Now, there, there have been... Um, and I believe it's been brought out in other episodes of uh, other issues of Usagi that there is this testing of spirits that the samurai will do in that they just look at each other. And many a battle has been fought and won or lost by the force of spirit. Um, so that that's what they're doing, circling each other. They're testing each other's spiritual mental uh, metal as they circle. And then finally, that's not enough. So they charge each other in that very movie cinematic style, and they charge each other yelling with the swords drawn, and they they pass each other in this blur of motion, and you don't know, and then they wind up three or four paces past each other, still facing the way they were running, and then we just wait. There's You wait to see what happened. And finally, Kato um, utters something and stumbles and falls while Usagi is looking uh, side-eyed back over his shoulder. Usagi won. Okay, sorry. That was my interpretation of a movie there. Uh, so Usagi gets his swords. The uh, remaining Mufuni, shall we say loyalists, uh, lose their, their backbone and run because the Shogun's emissary is approaching, which... We know way, way back at the beginning that was an issue. Uh, the procession was going to come through this village, which kind of ignited everything. So he comes. I'm Captain Gifu of His Eminence's guards. The horseback mounted rider says, What is going on here? Why 
all these dead bodies. Now, interestingly enough, in that his job is to protect the emissary, would he just continue riding into a scene of death and destruction? Or would he like, um, you know, hold up a minute, something really funky is going on up there. Uh, you two men, go up there and see what's, you know, I mean, he would, no, he just keeps leading everybody right through all the bodies. And I thought that was a little, a little odd. But they tell him, um, or actually, uh, Kenichi tells him, I'm the village headman. We foiled an assassination attempt on the Shogun's emissary. And then the emissary from inside the um, carrying vessel, which I apologize, I should have looked up what that's called. But the, it's the thing that someone of uh, upper high station rides in and the retainers carry it on their shoulders with long poles. And it's this... Looks like a little cart only without wheels in their canyon. Yeah, whatever that thing is called. And actually, if somebody would tell me what that's called and get, grab a pen and pencil because I'm going to have a, a couple other what, what are these by the end of the story. So if somebody uh, more knowledgeable than myself would just whatever, comment on a post or email me or tweet me or however, but just let me know because I'm really uh, interested. And a lot of these things, I don't necessarily know how to start a search to then be able to narrow it down to what I'm looking for. So I would appreciate some help if somebody would do that. Um, he's at the emissary is talking to uh, Kenichi through this structure. They go back and forth. Um, the emissary's, um, what did he call himself? The captain of the emissary's guards, Gifu, uh, or Jifu, Gifu, notices that the those that have died are all wearing the Mifunimon. So he states that the Mufuni loyalists who escaped will be captured and executed. You have done well, headman. Thank you. And the procession continues on through the village with all of the villagers on both sides uh, prostrate, prostrate, not prostrate. That's nasty. Prostrate uh, as as he passes by. And it's then that mm, we, or maybe I, noticed that Usagi was nowhere to be seen because he is wearing the Mufuni Mon. So they... They didn't want there to be, you know, any problems there. So he steps out, as does um, uh, Ketsuichi and Jitaro and Marco. And so they start saying their goodbyes. Thank you, Usagi. You helped save my village. And Usagi says this shows that we do not have to always be adversaries. And thank you, Katsuchi-sensei. You are teaching my son well, uh, says Kenichi. I am glad he's my student father, son. Huggy Huggy's here because Jitaro is getting ready to leave to go back up on the mountain to continue his training with uh, Katsuchi. Usagi says he's got to go, um, particularly because he's got the Mufunimon, so he needs to get out of town. He is talking to Mariko. She understands that he has to leave and says, perhaps when this has become a memory, you can return and... Um, Kenichi interjects for just a short while, and that that story, the animosity between uh, Kenichi and Usagi goes way, way back, and I believe I spoke on it when this story first began, so I, I won't get into all of that. Um, for those of you, this is your first episode, I apologize. Go back and listen to previous episodes. I've, I've talked about it. So the goodbyes and uh, the father-son goodbye and mother-son goodbye, although uh, Kenichi is not really Jotaro's father, Usagi is, and I believe at this point that that is still canon, and I believe at this point that Kenichi knows that, and Usagi certainly knows that, Mariko, of course. So, um, so the final, couple final panels here, very telling. 
The first is all the villagers with Marco and Kenichi waving, saying goodbye, bowing, you know, whatever, as Usagi and Jotaro and Katsuchi leave the village. And then the next panel is Marco still standing there with everyone else gone. The sky darkened. And, it, you know, so they all said their goodbyes and then they left and left and left. But um, Marco is still uh, saying her goodbyes. So we then cut to Jotaro, uh, Ketsuchi, and Usagi as they're walking the path out of town. Ultimately, the path is going to split one leg going up the mountain to where Katsuchi teaches and the other path wherever on, uh, which is the one Usagi is taking. Now, they talk a little bit. Usagi is um, visiting with his son, although Jotaro doesn't know that. He calls him Uncle Usagi. Usagi doesn't correct him. It's not at this point in his life. It's not necessary. But Usagi is exchanging tales about things that he has recently gotten into, referencing the Bunraku story and the Sumi'i story uh, of the color variety here. And as they're walking, a couple things I noticed. Um, along this path, we passed several Jisu, which it, it always fascinates me that these are out there, uh, seemingly in, well, the way they appear here, seemingly in the middle of nowhere. Um, now, there is a village nearby. Uh, we, we don't know of any temples. We don't know if it's just a, a mountain path. And someone has left a Jisu in honor of a child, presumably that they left. And I like... I always enjoy how, how Stan uses these. Now, uh, further in on the last page, Usagi is continuing his walk uh, apparently down the mountain. It's a mountain path. And and this is a, a series of panels. It's nice and quiet. Uh, Usagi uh, passes some uh, sakura, and he's thinking to, or he says out loud, it's been too long since I had been in this area. And I don't know how long it will be until I return. Before I leave, though, I must pay my respects to my other teacher. And I believe at this point, um, I cannot think of other teacher, you know, so that'll be cool. But as he's walking down this path in this one scene on the side of the mountain, the mountain on one side, a very sheer drop of the other. So this is a true mountain path. Usagi passes what I believe is a toro. Um, it's drawn here. If it's not a toro, then it's a, just a small, like traveler's Shrine. Now, again, this is where I'm asking for help for those of you also that read this to help interpret this for me. Now, if this is a Toro, who goes out there to light this thing? How frequently do they light it? Uh, you know, whose job is that? Uh, this is just like the uh, Chiso in the middle of nowhere. This is, just, and this is farther in the middle of nowhere than the Chiso was because Usagi is, you know, farther along on its travels. But here is this. This thing right next to the path. Um, I assume it's a Toro, uh, but uh, I, I just don't see how that would work. If not, it is some, uh, like I say, probably a small traveler's uh, shrine of some nature. Either way, somebody help me out. What is this thing? And Mr. Sakai, please, if uh, you are listening to this episode, let me know what this is because I'm very interested. And so that's the end of our story. Uh, that's the end of this story also, the return. Next month, um, we have a full-page ad here of Usagi walking away from someone that presumably he has been killed because they are laying in a puddle of, in a pool of blood, and his sword is bloodied as he's taking a set of stairs walking up a pathway from the bottomness, which is where this person was. And this is a person furry-headed with a topknot 
Maybe I'm supposed to recognize who that is, but I don't. Um, and then we have an acknowledgement, a thank you from Stan Sakai for Tom Luth, who this is the final coloring of his Usagi career. Um, upcoming will be a Sergio Aragonis Gods Against Gru four-issue miniseries, which is the very last thing that he colored. So uh, Tom Luth has now retired from commercial, I guess, commercial comic book coloring. Um, as of this recording, Gru Meets Tarzan has finished. I don't believe Gru against, uh, Gods Against Gru has started coming out yet. Maybe it will by the end of the year. I'm not sure. I haven't seen anything for it other than it's going to be upcoming. Um, an ad for other IDW books, an ad for the Bunraku uh, trade paperback here, an ad in the inside back cover for Stan's website, and then a back ad for whatever. So, um, Yamaimo Mountain Yams, that was uh, dropped for us as a explanation as to what uh, Katsuichi and Jotaro were doing off the top of the mountain, how Mariko was even able to find them. They were hunting these. And then um, personal observations, the Jizu and, uh, again, what I assume to be a Toro, T-O-R-O, I believe is, is the term for it, or whatever that is. Somebody let me know. So that is that. Next episode, I have scheduled talking about issue 52 of volume 3. So that will be what I look at and read for you next episode. Thanks a lot, everybody. Thank you, Mr. Sakai, for listening, if you're still listening. Even if you're not still, I appreciate the fact that you did. I will talk to you guys again next time. Ciao.